0: Welcome to Collision Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Mike Munzenreiter, Associate Editor for Fender Bender, and with me today is Michelle Corson, CEO of On the Road Garage, a year-old Texas shop with plans for growth and a focus on leading-edge automotive technology. A profile of On the Road Garage will be in the August issue of Fender Bender, taking a look at its focus on training and apprenticeships. Today, I'm talking to Michelle about her shop's focus on technology. So Michelle, in terms of how many lifers there are in the collision repair industry, I think it's fair to say you're relatively new to it. How did you get involved with collision repair?
1: Yeah, so I've been in the car business actually for quite some time, Uh, but I met uh, Kathy Bonner about five or six years ago. Kathy was the chairman and CEO of Service King, and um, she started telling me about this business, and I've always wanted to, uh, to get involved in the collision repair work ever since meeting her and uh, decided in 2019 that the time was right to go ahead and do this. We had the bandwidth and we were ready to go. So we set our sights on a couple of buildings in the Dallas area and we got them purchased in early 2020. And just in time for COVID to hit when Mm -hmm. everybody stopped driving, we opened our first center.
0: Fantastic timing. Um (laughs) Before we go much further, I I think it it would be helpful, uh, you could explain better than I, the various businesses that kind of work alongside On the Road Garage, if there's an easy way to run through that.
1: Sure, yeah. We've actually got uh, multiple entities. So we started in uh, 2011 with a finance company that was focused on trying to use um, impact financing in a creative way to solve various issues. And that entity, Champion Impact Capital, Uh, really came up with the idea for getting involved in transportation, um, wanted to take the things that I'm really most interested in, cars and using finance creatively to solve problems. And we saw an opportunity to create a private equity fund that was really driven by a social purpose of solving a problem, helping low to moderate income people get really decent transportation so that they could Access work and get their kids to school and get better food and healthcare and all of that. So we launched on the road lending and two loan funds associated with that that are collectively known as on the road sustainability funds got those launched um, up and running in 2013. And then we also launched on the road motors, um, which is a Texas car dealer uh, so that we can buy cars at auction or off lease um, less expensively for the people that we're trying to help.
0: Very good. You know, you go to your webpage, there's collision repair, and then there's advanced driver assistance systems. ADAS. it's front and center. That being something that you're leading with. How, how is your shop equipped to calibrate, repair those systems?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we really see our mission, in addition to um, you know just really offering great service and quality repairs, as building prosperity for people and. The We want to train people so that they're equipped to work in any shop or at any dealership or even at an OEM level on the most advanced smart car technology. And of course, ADOS is a huge part of that. Um, And I really do believe that part of Uh, part of building prosperity is making sure that people are driving cars that are sound and not going to be Mm -hmm. in accidents. And actually the accident rate for low-income people is about four times higher than it is Mm -hmm. for others, um, principally because they're driving old, bad cars that don't have these kinds of systems. And as you know, if those, if those cars are, that have ADOS, equipment on them are not calibrated after an accident, they can actually cause an accident. Um, So we really see this as a public safety concern as much as anything, it really needs to be done. Uh, We wanted to lead with all kinds of technologies. So ADOS is certainly one. Uh, We're also in the process of having everyone become Trained on electric vehicles. Well, of course, that's going to be more and more of a concern in the future. Um, and then uh, other things um, that we're engaged in from a technology standpoint that I'm happy to talk about. Um, I see the need for some training going beyond, in addition to body work and painting and estimating, but also a real focus on mechatronics, that skill set around computer science electrical engineering and mechanical engineering. And, you know, cars today, when Apple is making cars or planning to, you know, that we've kind of crossed over into a whole other dimension where cars literally are rolling computers. So just, that's what they are. Um, and so it's really important, I think, for the technicians of today in the shops to really be focused on technology.
0: I, I hadn't thought of the element of you need to be able to do this so you can train people so that they can ad- you know, advance in the field, and now it's such an advanced field itself. There's these other opportunities that might not not have existed a decade ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and from the um, from the labor pers- side of things perspective, you know, there's huge opportunity. Within collision and beyond. Um, And I think that there's really meaningful careers out there and high earning ones in high growth. And this is not going to become less of a thing. This is going to become more of a thing. So the more well trained the technician is um, the better for them
0: and for their shop. I think I've seen plenty of industry watchers who say the uptake of getting up to speed on exactly how vital it is to have the ADAS working in a vehicle after a collision, Um, being able to do it in-house, being able to train people, the uptake is slower than some people think it should be. Do you think it's helped you identify this as something because you're coming from a fresh perspective, also kind of with that socially minded perspective too of how important it is? in terms of people? I guess that's a two-prong question, but.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason why the uptake has been slow is because there's a lot of uncertainty right now about paying for these um, these services. You know, there's questions of whether insurance wants to pay for it or is requiring it, and that, I think, has been one of the major reasons. There's also um, a more physical um, reason a tangible reason it requires a lot of real estate in addition to requiring a lot of skill to be able to do it Um, and i think it's harder that was probably where we have an advantage is it's harder for an older established shop to give up production space and say okay we we're going to take these four bays that are currently generating a lot of revenue and we're going to make this dedicated ADOS space because there are physical things that have to be present. That floor has to be completely level. That's got to be clear of obstructions. I mean, there's a lot of stuff just physically that has to exist for them to be able to do it. And I think frankly, at this stage, with the training that's required and the kind of real estate that's required, it's just easier to sub it out for most of those shops we going in now retrofitting existing buildings or buying a building um, from scratch and Greenfield development are able to dedicate the kind of space that we need to for it. So we've got a little bit of an advantage there, I think in just accommodating it in our shop.
0: Yeah, um, kind of moving away from the ADOS piece too, and I'm gonna need you to explain this for me, Michelle. Uh, on the Road Garage is involved with the Mobility Open Blockchain Initiative. What the
1: heck is that? (laughs) Um, So we call it Moby. And it Mm -hmm. was founded by um, Chris Ballinger, who used to be the um, CFO for Toyota Financial Services. Mm. And it's um, an an aggregation of people in um, car manufacturers, lenders, insurers, um, technology companies that have all come together globally. We've got people all over the world that are part of this initiative to try to write standards for various use cases and applications for blockchain within the mobility space. So I've served on a few of these working committees, um, most recently the finance securitization and smart contracts working committee. We just published our standards uh, for that group, but where I see the garage interplaying here that I think is really interesting. There's a lot of different applications. Um, Usage-based insurance is one that's of interest. Vehicle DNA, um, where you're basically tracking everything and all events in a vehicle's life cycle from birth to death. So in the case of electric vehicles, for example, you're tracking source materials for batteries even. So, you know, those lithium ion batteries require a lot of cobalt, which is mined predominantly in the Democratic Republic of Congo, mostly by children miners. Mm. Um, And so it's important for ESG investors, uh, environmental, social, and governance, people who are interested in green and social, um, kinds of investments to understand the source. This is happening in all industries, by the way. I mean, that's right. not unique to the cars, but to understand the source of all the raw materials, where do they come from, how are they produced, what kind of electricity is generated in the manufacturing setting, in the mining setting, and transport, um, and then, what happens at the end of the useful life, too, uh, when those batteries are currently getting thrown in a landfill? Um, they're trying to figure out ways to recycle that. But in between is the part that's of interest to the collision business. And mm-hmm. if we can document uh, all of the events of the life cycle in blockchain, that's a permanent record that's out there forever. And it makes it just so much easier for people to really know. I mean, we've got Carfax and things like that, and that has a place and a value, but this can have everything, um, titling of the vehicle, servicing of the vehicle, any accidents that have happened. Yeah, right. It can keep the calibrations noted, um, all of that kind of stuff. So it just serves to make investors and consumers much more informed, um, and shops and, dealers and manufacturers.
0: Yeah, it's um, maybe, yeah, going back to just the materials and how things are put together, you know, the, the shortages across the board, it underscores how important having this information would be.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's real stuff. And and then you get into, you know, political things and, you know, questions about um, chips and, you know, is mm-hmm. this, why is this so hard to come by right now? Is there something else going on underneath that, these kinds of things would be able to document.
0: Yeah, just put us put everybody on a sure footing for making decisions, et cetera.
1: Right, right, uh, based on your values or based on economics or whatever,
0: yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, anything else on the tech facing front? I know this is a wide open question for you, but um, anything else that you're getting into?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, going back to our real estate stuff. So we're very, um, I think I may have mentioned when we talked before that we're doing a bond issuance and that's going mm-hmm. to help us with our expansion across the country. Um, we're really mindful of what we're doing um, with, a, with our retrofit of an existing building. So the two buildings that we bought in the Dallas Fort Worth area are both existing facilities, not ground up construction. And so we're going in and renovating um, what was here. And we're changing a lot of things like swapping out old not great light fixtures for LED Mm -hmm. and um, getting rid of the old solvent-based paint booths and putting in brand new blow therms that are um, downdraft water-based, recycle 95% of their heat. Um, We wanna make sure that The people that we're training are being trained on the newest and best equipment because we want them to come out of our facility and training and be able to go into Caliber, Gerber, um, Service King or wherever, and really be top of the line, most knowledgeable. So there's those kinds of things. Um, If you came into our shop, you would see that we've got a lot of really terrific um, state-of-the-art equipment that's here. Um, I think that there is also, within the electric vehicle space, some room for understanding how different those cars are to work on than a traditional um, internal combustion engine. Frankly, one of the things that I'm worried about with EVs is that as a business owner and as a real estate owner, I wanna make sure that our technicians are very safe. Um, and I, I'm i concerned about uh, inability to put out fires in batteries that I haven't heard of anything happening in a shop but I don't know if you read about the guys in Houston that um they were on the autopilot with Tesla and crashed into a tree in a gated neighborhood and it took them the fire equipment folks the fire chief said it took them four and a half hours and 35,000 gallons of water where the typical fire truck contains 500 to 1000 gallons of water. So if this had happened where they did not have a high power fire hydrant right by, which was what was in that neighborhood, how would they have put out the fire? The electric battery just kept reigniting. Um, so I wanna make sure that part, part of what we're training here is safety, um, using the right you know gloves to handle high voltage equipment and all kinds of things. Um, that are on our on my mind for equipping these facilities and and teaching people how to handle them safely.
0: Yeah, I think it's easy to forget just how new this stuff is. If you're focused on if you're if you're focused on the existing car park, this stuff's going to show up in your shop and there could be surprises and hopefully everybody's safe. It,
1: yeah, and I'm sure, you know, we've got a Tesla in our garage right now here in Irving and I'm sure that many other shop owners are starting to have some here and there. And I, I think there's just a lot of education that all of us need to go through to be able to know um, how to be safe and how to handle repairs on these cars because they are different than most of the cars that we deal with or have right. dealt with.
0: Maybe a last question here as we wrap up. Um, you, you, I don't think you glossed over it, but you mentioned uh, you have plans for expansion. Uh, I'm trying to remember, Is it, are you shooting for 20 more shops in the near future?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we're doing a bond issuance um, in the next, I'm hoping, 30 to 45 days. Uh Lawyers are mostly done with documents, but that's the long part, right, on everything. Um, And the goal would be to try to do potentially 20. We'll have to see what we can acquire all the shops for. It'll it'll be somewhere between, between 10 and 20. Um, based on the money that we have available to buy and renovate and equip the properties. But yeah, so we're coming. Um, (laughs) Just heads up to everybody and we're trying to solve a problem for the industry. So don't look at us as a threat. We're, we're trying to train people that can come to work at your shop, but we are, um, we are coming. So.
0: Yeah. On the road garage is coming. Good luck, Michelle. And thank you so much. All right, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Once again, I'm Mike Munzenreiter with Bender Bender, and this was Collision Cast.